This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. How are you? What a fun morning, right? We could fold up and go home, and everybody, you got your money's worth already, right? We didn't charge you to get in. You always get your money's worth. That's how that works. So, hey, my name is Pastor Ron. I'm uh, on the pastoral staff here and the founding pastor of, of this church. And so I just have to tell you, it's so fun every time we do a baptism service and we get to see people take that step with Jesus. Wasn't that awesome? That was awesome. So we have lots of things to cover this morning. I'm going to teach on a subject I've never taught on. Are you ready to learn about dreams? Yeah. So we're going to talk about dreams. And I got to tell you, I learned a whole bunch of stuff on the way in. So I'm excited to teach it to you. Two things you want to catch out of your program. The first is this blank sheet. You can write down things that I'll put up here on the screen um, that will be helpful for you throughout this week. And the second thing that you want to pull out is this card that looks like this because I'm going to refer to it later on as I teach. So I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are here, that if I ask you this question, would you describe yourself as a follower of Jesus, you would look at me and say, either no or I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I just want to say, I'm so thrilled that you're here this morning, and if you're coming week after week, I'm really glad that you're here. I just want to say a special welcome to you. No matter who you are, what you believe, what you don't believe, this is a safe place to learn about life. It's a safe place to hear about the God who made the heavens and the earth and you, and it's a safe place to hear a message of good news that he has for you. He's always had good news, and, and he still has good news. That's why we are doing for NorCal. Let's go back and review a little bit, and that is, today we're going to talk about our dreams, but in the series review, for the past three weeks, Kevin has seriously laid out and humorously laid out one gigantic truth with several different applications, but the gigantic truth is this, no matter what you've heard about God, no matter what you've heard about church or Jesus or anything that's connected with Christianity, the bottom line is God is actually for you, not against you. And last week, Kevin talked to us about the day that Jesus actually set the entire religious world on its ear because for thousands of years, people had believed that if there was a God or if there were a series of gods and gods and demigods and, and so forth, that they were all in life for themselves. And if, if they created you, the deal was you were created to serve them. And if you didn't do it just right, they were going to come down on you. So it was a take your best shot at what it takes to please a God who's sort of angry anyway. And Jesus entered the world and in so many different ways he began to change that paradigm. Some of you grew up in church. In probably doesn't make any difference which church. And even if you didn't grow up in church, most of us in the audience have probably heard a prayer that begins like this. Jesus' followers came to him and said, 
hey, Jesus, you seem to have this inside track with God. Would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said, well, this is how you pray. And he started with these two words, our, what's the next word? Father. Father. Yeah. Our Father. Do you realize that the term Father was seldom used in the Old Testament about God? Almost never in the first part of the Bible? It certainly wasn't in any sort of pagan literature. No one would ever refer to any God as their Father. And yet Jesus came and he said, the first thing you need to know, not only about prayer, but about life, is that the God who made the heavens and the earth, who could be your Lord, who could be your master, who could be your judge, who could be your boss, and in some form is all of those, chooses to relate to you as a father. God is for you as any decent father would be for his children. And that means that as a church, we are for NorCal. We're for everybody God's for. And if God's for everybody in Northern California, then we are for everyone in Northern California. And so I'm going to break that out in terms in a little bit of what our dreams are in terms of the people who actually live here. So before I get into that, I want to tell you a story Next week, well, 10 days from today, Monica and I will celebrate the 49th anniversary of our very first date. I know, that's a long time ago, right? So when I ask Monica out, and I've told this story before, and many of you know it, but when I ask her out for our very first date, we were, we were 17, and so I said, hey, you want to go with me uh, this Friday night? I invited her to a church service. Was I on the safe side? You like that? Well, I invited her out to eat before that. So she looked at me square in the eye, and she said, what are you going to do with your life? Right. And I responded, well, I'm going to be a pastor. She said, I'll go then. And that's a story for another time. So, but here's what I want you to know. As our relationship became more serious... There was a statement that almost everyone in this auditorium has heard, and it created a a bit of discomfort for us. How many of you have heard, the pastor's kids are always what? The worst, the naughtiest. And we were headed into ministry. So we looked at each other and we said, Does it have to be that way? If we choose to follow God, are we sentencing our children to a life of struggle and misunderstanding and problems? Here's what I want you to know. In that moment of time, as we walk through the serious stages of our dating relationship, heading up to marriage, we dared to dream a different dream for our children. We dared to believe and dared to dream that even though we were headed into ministry, that our kids didn't have to be the worst. They didn't have to be naughty. They didn't have to be misunderstood all the time. Yes, they would live in a fishbowl and everyone would see their life. But we began to press into why do pastor's kids sometimes turn out the way that they do? And by God's grace, 
He gave us a different dream for our family and for our kids. What I want to talk to us about this morning, in many ways, is the power of a good dream. I want to talk to you about where they come from. I want to talk to you about how they work. I want to talk to you about what you have to do with them in order for that dream, any dream that you have, to become a reality. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about our dream as a church for the people of NorCal. And at the very end, I'm going to give you two different ways to apply this. So let's, let's go straight to a question that I think would be really helpful for all of us. And I'm just going to let you sit with it for a minute, okay? And it starts here. In what area of your life could you use a dream right now? Not a nightmare. You probably already have that, okay? <laughs> In what area of your life could you use a dream right now? Why don't you take that sheet of notes and just put one word on there that will jog your memory. My prayer for you is that in this week, you would dream about that. Because it could be the beginning of a whole new pathway for you. We'll get to that in a little bit. Here's what the Bible says about dreams. Here's what God says about dreams. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. I want you to take that little card that I asked you to get a while ago. I'm giving it to you so you can take it home. If you ever doubted that God is for you, I want you to look at this, at this passage. It, in my studies, it became one of my favorites. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. You know what he's saying? Every people group in the world and every person in every people group. This doesn't say, I will pour out my spirit on people who like me. It doesn't say, I will pour out my spirit on people who go to church, on people who choose to become Christ followers. God says, I'm actually going to pour out my spirit on all people. And then he says, your sons and daughters, that's the coming generation. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's an old-fashioned word for hearing from God, knowing that they got something from God and being able to act on it. Your old men, you know who that is? That's not me. Thank you. <laughs> Why did you laugh? <laughs> You're old men. That is the former generation will dream dreams. And your young men, that's me, okay? Your young men will see visions. That's the coming generation. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants. Every socioeconomic strata that you can name from the top to the bottom, God says, I'm giving them dreams. And then he says, men and women alike, there's no gender bias. So my friends, if you're breathing, God is giving you dreams. God is continually giving us dreams. Did you know God will give you dreams today? He actually is. He gave you dreams yesterday and the day before. I think we might misunderstand what dreams are. Most of us think that dreams happen when we're asleep and have no control, correct? But no. I'll teach you how this works. God is continually giving dreams to each one of us, primarily in three different areas of life. 
The first is, God's going to give you dreams about yourself. What your identity is. What your relationship with Him is. What it could be. Who you could be. What your potential is in this life. Who you could shape and help influence. What you could do with your life that would make you feel fulfilled. That would make you feel confident. God is continually giving you dreams about who you are and what you could be. Secondly, He's continually giving you dreams for your family, about your marriage, about your children. If you have a blended family, not only about your current marriage, but he's giving you dreams about how you can interrelate with the person who used to be your spouse and how you can work out details that come with a blended family. If you're a single parent, God's giving you dreams about who you could invite into your world that might, at least in the interim, be able to fill the gap that that your former spouse left behind. God is continually giving you dreams about your marriage, about your children, about your children's future, about all sorts of things. He's continually doing that. And then thirdly, about some other people group. I don't want you to miss that. Because most of us think quite a bit about ourselves, and most of us think quite a bit about our families. But did you know that God has created you to connect with, think about, dream about, and do something about some other people group outside you and your family? Once in a while, people will say to me, well, pastor, the purpose of, of my whole life is my children. And I don't ever say this to their face. But on the inside, I always go, man, I feel sorry for you. I love your kids, and I love you. But you were created for a purpose far broader and far more far-reaching than just the people that live in your house. And if you think about it, and you pay attention God will give you dreams about some other people group that he's calling you to serve and make a difference in, which is why our church can be for NorCal. That's who he's created us to serve. So God is giving dreams to all of us, but in order for these dreams to actually work in our life, we have to know how they work. So I'm going to give you a short course on dreams. Are you ready for this? We're going to walk through five things rather rapidly, and it's going to take you some time this week to think about this, but here you go. The first thing you have to understand is that a dream is a picture of a desired future. Sometimes God just gives us a glimpse. It's a fleeting thought. Sometimes God gives us sort of a, a dream that's in vivid reality. But the truth is, God is giving us a picture of what could be. Do you realize that's what separates you from the other creatures on earth? It's one of the things. God has given you the ability to see what doesn't yet exist. Much as you love your dog, your dog does not sit on the carpet and see what, couldn't, what, what doesn't yet exist and what could be, and while you're gone, go build it. No. Dogs know what exists. Food over there, right? They know that well, yeah. So that's the first thing, and that is a dream is a picture of a desired future. Can I tell you that your daydreams are more important than your night dreams? You might want to write that down. Your daydreams are far more important than your night dreams. 
The second thing is this. In order for a dream to become a reality, it has to be captured and owned. When you're driving down the road and somehow something flashes into your mind and it's a picture of something you could do. It's a picture of someone you could be. It's a picture of what your marriage could be. It's a picture of something you could do in your family or for some other people group that would actually make a difference. Do you realize if you don't capture that, it simply becomes, it starts to fade and it becomes nothing more than a fleeting wish that actually made no difference in anybody's life. In order for a dream to begin to become a reality, there has to be something in you that captures that dream and you say internally to yourself, that is my future and I'm going to start working on that right now. I officially capture that, I own it, and that will begin to direct my life. There's no shortage of those God's giving them to you every day. But you have to capture and you have to own it. Thirdly, all the desire in the world will never turn a dream into reality. You have to hook it to a couple of things. You have to hook it to a plan. So, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm on an eating plan. It's actually a cleanse and a plan that's going to last 21 days. I didn't make it up myself. Someone far greater than me made it up far more intelligent than me that knows far more about the human body that, than I know. And so, why am I doing this? I would like to be healthy. That's a dream. I'd like to be healthier than I am. I would like for there to be less of me than there currently is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you love all of me. But I would like it to where I turn sideways. You go, Who's that? is there anybody up there? Yeah, yeah, right. That'll never happen. But anyway, so why, why a plan? I spent money on the plan. Because you know what? I know that all the desire in the world will not actually transform my eating habits. I have to have a plan. And then guess what? I have to actually work the plan. I can't just pay a few hundred bucks and order all these materials, put them on the counter and go, now it's going to happen for me. <laughs> if I look at that enough every day. No, I have to actually work the plan. And when someone does what they did last night, haul out a beautiful dessert with organic ice cream and raspberries and a homemade berry sauce and whipped cream. It's a moment of truth. <laughs> yeah. I processed that and I said, could I just have the fresh raspberries? Yeah. That's the deal. In order for a dream to become a reality, you have to hook it to a plan and you have to work the plan. But there's more. Here's the part where 
where it gets a little risky. Most of us don't realize that dreams are actually directly connected to the road less traveled. Yeah. You know, if your dream was not connected to the road less traveled, we would call it normal because it's the road everybody else is traveling on. And when you're on the road that everyone else is traveling on, do most of you look at this, look at this and say, oh, I'm living the dream. Now, dreams are always connected with something that's above average and better than average and better than normal. Yeah, they're always connected to the road less traveled, which means that that's why they're difficult. Dreams are not for the faint of heart. They're never easy to turn into a reality. However... They are the things that change our lives. Do you realize that every single thing that improves your life started as a dream in somebody's mind, in somebody's heart? Every tool that you use, every invention that you count on day after day started as a dream in somebody's mind. Every, everything that has gone into making you who you are started as a dream, either in your parents' mind or your grandparents' mind. I want you to think about this. Let's go back to the story at the beginning where Monica and I were dating, and we looked at each other, and we said, we need to dream a better dream for our children than the one that seems to be handed to us. And because we hooked that dream to a plan, and we worked that plan, it literally changed the course of our marriage it changed the course of our family. It changed the course of our children's lives. It changed the course of who they would marry. It changed the course of our grandchildren's lives. Do you realize one dream? You know why? Because it led us to a defining moment. See, every time you have a dream, it's going to bring you to a fork in the road. Remember back at the beginning we said you have to own the dream? Well, guess what? You have a second time that you have to own it. Okay? Once you figure out how to capture it, once you put it, you, you have a plan and you decide that you're going to work the plan, and once you realize that, the, that that plan actually takes you to a road less traveled, which is much more difficult, you're going to be swimming upstream there's a moment down here where you come to a fork in the road and you have to answer this question, am I in or am I out? And you know something? You might have to answer that question every day for quite a while. Am I in or am I out? And if you decide to be in, the dream will lead you to a defining moment in your life. And it probably won't just be in yours. It'll be in the people around you, and even in the coming generations. So that's a very short course on dreams. Any one of those could be a whole teaching. I want, the, I want you to sit with that this week, and it will help you. So now, as we apply that, let's talk about our church's dreams for NorCal. And I'm just going to haul out two, because actually the leadership of our church actually is going through all five of those steps. For our, for our church, and for Northern California, okay? And here are two dreams. One is, we are choosing to be 
a church with irresistible environments where disengaged people, you know what disengaged people are? People that are just not engaged with God for whatever reason. They could have grown up in church and had a terrible experience in the church. I can't tell you how many people have said to me over the years, Pastor, I was drugged to church every Sunday as a kid, and I often wonder if drug means Benadryl. I'm not sure, but anyhow, I was drugged to church every Sunday morning, and by the time I graduated from high school, I had enough church to last me my whole life. Done. Other people, they have never even darkened the door of a church building until someone got married or someone was getting buried or maybe as this morning someone was getting baptized and you happen to be a shirt tail relative and everybody said we're all in and we're going to go to eat afterwards and you figure you could endure a baptism so you could get your fried chicken or whatever it is you're going to get right yeah but but here's the deal our goal is to create irresistible environments where disengaged people are drawn into engagement with God. Not guilted into it, not pressured into it, are actually drawn into engagement with God. I have these stories every single week. I sat with a guy just this week. That is his story. Grew up in a church, had enough church by the time he graduated from high school. He didn't ever want to go to church again. Married a lady. They... they had a child, they looked at each other and said, what are we going to do with this? How are we, we going to raise this child? And, and they had both, she had grown up in a completely different church than he had. They looked at each other and said, we have to find a church. They tried several churches in his own terminology, and I, I feel so sorry about this, but in his own terminology, he said, we walked into church after church and I just couldn't breathe. The atmosphere was so stifling. And then, he said, I walked into new life. It was like a breath of fresh air. And the next Sunday, I got out of bed and started getting dressed. And my wife said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to church. She said, I didn't mean every Sunday. (laughs) Great story. Great story. Here's a person who is disengaged with God, and he's being drawn into engagement with God. That's our dream, okay? Our second dream of many is that our church would provide training for families at every stage of life, from pregnancy to the birthing experience, to small children, to elementary children, up through junior high and high school, through the college experience, through marriage. Some marriages end in divorce. Wouldn't it be great if we could teach our people how to survive divorce and even how to thrive on the other side? Through, through the experience of blended families, through the experience of being a single parent, through the experience of having a special needs child. Through the experience of watching your children leave and you look at each other and say, what do I do with you? Yeah. Yeah. Through the experience of preparing for retirement 
And I'm not just talking about financially, though I am talking about that, but preparing for retirement through the experience of how do you handle aging, the aging of your parents? How do you handle your parents' end-of-life experiences? I mean, the list is endless. I want you to think about this for just a minute. If you're in virtually any one of those stages, where in our county would you go get training? We are a county loaded with hundreds of activities for childs, for, for children and for families, but very little training. That's a dream for our church, for our people. That we could come alongside not just the people of our church, the people of Northern California, and that we could be the place that's known. I don't care what you're dealing with in your family. They can help you over at New Life, and they will. So as we bring this to a close, I have a question to ask you, and it goes back to the original question I asked you, which is, in what area of your life... Could you use a dream right now? And here's the question. I'm sorry. There it is. What will you dream about this week? Do you know the most successful people in the world dream all the time? The most successful people in the world dream. And I can tell you the most successful people in the world daydream. If you're in a life group this week, we're, we're going to haul this out and deal with it a little bit more. But one of the questions we're going to ask is what gets in the way of our dreams? Why is it that God is giving us dreams and so few of us are actually even aware of it, let alone capturing them? Why do so few of us daydream? But I want to challenge you this week. What will you dream about? How will you dream about it? When will you have the time to dream about it? Okay, Because the beginning of a road that leads to your dreams becoming a reality <coughs> is for you to take some time and actually daydream. So, as we close, I want to show you this little diagram. This is where most of us live every week. Okay, So what's the best I can do? And why do we talk so much about engagement with God? And, and this particular section is really, it's for all of us, but if, if you're not a Jesus follower yet, I want you to pay special attention to this because there's a message in here for you. Why do we as a church continually talk about engagement with God? Because this is the paradigm that we live with most of the time. And that is the best I can do is to dream up a picture Get a plan, go online, find a plan that will work for me, and then begin to work that plan and stay at it. That's the best that I can do. I'm thinking on behalf of my family, I'm actually doing the homework, and then I'm actually working the plan. And while that's a great plan, and oh, by the way, that will improve anybody's life. It literally will improve anybody's life. There's actually another whole dimension and here it is. If you want to do more than you can do, what would happen if the picture that you got wasn't just the best that you could dream up, 
But what would happen if the picture you got was actually a picture given to you by God? And what would happen if the plan that you put together wasn't just your plan, it was actually a plan that God helped you put together? And what would happen if the work that you put into it wasn't just you by yourself, but it was you and God working together? Friends, the results will be way more than you could ever do by yourself. It'll be better than you could do. A lot better. This is why we talk about engagement with God all the time. Because we don't want, to, we don't want you to have to live here. We want you to be able to live here. And the way you start that journey is you decide, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to trust Him with my life. And I'm going to make a decision from this day forward that my life actually will be a partnership between him and me. And the reason, my friends, that you can have a partnership between you and God is because Jesus made a way. And, and that's, the, that's the, the, the underlying thread that runs through the entirety of the Bible. And that is Jesus made a way for you to be reconciled with God and to live this life in partnership with him. So I'm going to give you that choice right now. I'm going to give you that invitation. Not me, but actually he is. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and if you're ready to make that decision, then you make that decision this morning, and you pray the prayer that I'm going to lead us in in a minute. I'm also going to be praying for the offering, so if you made, if you made preparations with the gift this morning... Um, I would invite you uh, to finish making those preparations now. And I want to pray for the rest of us in what we're going to dream. So would you join me in prayer? God, right now, I, I just pray and know that you're going to be giving us dreams all week long. Would you give us the ability to zero in on that place where we need a dream right now? And, and would you help us not to sit in the place where we see everything that's wrong with that place in our life. But would you give us glimpses of what our life would be like if that was actually right? And then would you begin to spell it out with some detail? And then would you show us the plan? Would you take us to somebody who could speak into our lives? Would you take us to, to some conference or whatever else it might be? But would you take us in the next step? So that wherever, wherever it is we need a dream, that our lives could begin the path of change today. And if you're ready to make the decision to follow Christ, here's the simple prayer that you pray. You can pray it right where you are. You can say it out loud. You can, you can say it in your heart. Here's the prayer. God, today I make the decision to trust you with my life. Jesus, thank you for making a way for me to do this. And God, I trust that from this day forward, you will enable me to walk with you so that in the end, my life could be way more than I could ever make it on my own. I trust you and I pray in Jesus' name. And now, Father, as we get ready to practice generosity, we're so blessed to be your kids. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you've done for us. 
And as we give back to you, would you take what we give and would you use it in amazing ways that are for our community and for the world? And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.